0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny for Monday, October the 16th, 2017. I'm your host and author of the book, Destiny Awaits, the Pouring Out of Wisdom for Humanity to Drink, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you from Owings Mills, Maryland. This broadcast is being sponsored by Masterminds, LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny. We are super excited this evening, super excited this evening about being with you and to be able to share love and wisdom with the desire to uplift, inspire, motivate, and empower you to live a more peace-filled, joyful, and loving life. So to receive and download this podcast, simply go to the iTunes store. It's free. Click on podcast and type in a date with destiny. You can also receive it via my website, your or simply by Googling us blog, talk radio, a date with destiny. Also follow us on Twitter at least one Oh one that's L Y S E one Oh one. If you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business, you can send a message via my website, info at yourdestinyawaits.net, or via my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash destiny 101 So once again, we are excited to be able to share with our listeners information from people of all walks of life, that we believe will inspire, motivate, and empower you. We are so happy to be in our fifth year of broadcasting and can't wait to share some great things from some really extraordinary people we have coming up for the rest of the season. And tonight, we have another amazing show for you. We have joining us in just a few short minutes, not even minutes, but... A couple of seconds from now, we have joining us this evening activist Jane Elliott. Jane Elliott is a former third grade school teacher, anti racism activist, and educator, as well as a feminist and an LGBT activist. She is known for her blue eyes, brown eyes exercise. She first conducted her famous exercise for her class the day after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. When her local newspaper published compositions that the children had written about the experience, their reactions, both positive and negative, formed the basis for her career, a public speaker against discrimination. Jane's classroom exercise was filmed the third time she held it with her 1970 third graders to become the eye of the storm. This in turn inspired a retrospective that reunited the 1970 class members with their teacher 15 years later in an A class divided in in A class divided. After leaving her school, Elliot Miss Jane became a diversity educator full-time. She holds the exercise and gives lectures about its effects all over the United States and in several locations overseas. So, a date with destiny would now like to welcome Miss Jane. Elliot to the show. Hello, Miss Jane Elliot, and how are you today?
2: Well, Lisa, I'm getting better by the second, and I'll get really, really good if you'll quit referring to me as somebody who is trying to teach people to love one another. As long as, we don't, as long as we don't treat people justly, we will not have a loving society in this country.
1: You're absolutely correct. You are absolutely and
2: correct. Faith, hope, and charity. It doesn't say faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and charity, but that means generous, selfless giving. That's what charity is. Love is something you can't quantify. You can't measure it. You can't define it. You can't really describe it. People love little dogs, and they also love Christmas. Some people love Hanukkah. Some people love um, Ouija's that are tight. But Mm -hmm. you justice doesn't have anything to do with those things bell hooks in her no. book said don't if you promise me love and don't give me justice i will give you justice and we won't end up loving one another hmm I, I like that huh
0: thank
2: you very much you still <laughs> yes. want <to> hear me <laughs> yes, yes ma'am
1: <laughs> yes ma'am that well that's that's definitely a way to start um Okay, so what I would first of all, we want to welcome you today that's that's the first thing and I want to thank you so much for joining us and um, and plus giving your perspective that was um very interesting. um thank you for that also miss Miss Jane, do you mind if I call you Miss Jane?
2: You can call me cousin Jane because you and I are cousins since there's only one race on the face of the earth, and we're all thirty to fiftieth cousins. Every person on the face of the earth is a thirtieth, the fiftieth cousin of every other person on the face of the earth. So you can call me Cousin Jane.
1: Okay, Cousin Jane, I love that. Cousin Jane, um, I just you don't like Say that again. <laughs> that I love you, difference. but I, I love, you, love you, Cousin Jane. That.
2: You understand <laughs> that? and You can accept that?
1: Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Well, listen um before I get started with the the you know getting into the questions and so on and so forth and having you share with us, I just want you to know um how much I appreciate you and um i've a I've been a follow follower of yours as far back as I can remember, and I remember like um like in the late eighties, say maybe early nineties when I first saw you on television maybe the second time I saw you on TV, I think it was on the Oprah show when you first did her show and how they you separated, you know, she separated the audiences when they came in, they got the collars and so on and so forth. And ever since that show, I'm like, this woman is amazing. She is incredible. And you continue to do your work all of these years later. And here we are. Um, so I want to start, you know, to talk about that and the very beginning um, of the whole exercise and how it came about. How in the world did you design this? How did this come
2: about? I learned it from Adolf Hitler. One of the ways okay. they decided to went into the gas chamber during what has come to be called the Holocaust was mm-hmm. the eye color. If you had a good German okay. name but you had brown eyes, they threw you into the gas chamber no matter what your age because they thought you might be a Jewish person who was trying to pass. And they they killed hundreds of thousands of people on the basis of eye color alone. Mm-hmm. And what was happening in the United States in 1968 was absolutely incredible as far as I was concerned. Unbelievable, mm-hmm. could not be allowed, unacceptable behavior. Martin Luther King Jr. had been one of our third grade heroes in February because we, he, he represented hope for me and for my students. Mm-hmm. And for me, mm-hmm. hope is an acronym for holding on to positive energy. And that's what what he did. He held on to it for as long as he could. But he didn't Mm -hmm. realize that there are people in this country who do not see it positive, it it as a positive, if blacks are treated as fairly as white people are. Who do not Mm -hmm. see it as a positive, if white people say, it's all right not to be white. There are white people in this country who don't believe that. And I got I got a letter from one this morning. <laughs>
0: this morning? <laughs> and,
2: and, and this morning. Oh, I get them all the time, but this uh-huh. morning I got a letter. Somebody paid the, for the postage to send me a letter. Now, I'm, probably this man doesn't know how to run a computer, or he just sent me an email. But I'm going to someday. I'm going to dig out all these ugly letters that I get and put them in a book. And on one side, on the left side, I'm going to put. of the nice letters that I get. Letters from people who go through this nonsense all day, every day. And then on Mm. the right side, I'm going to put one of these pieces of hate mail who tell me how I should behave. And I'm going to suggest that people read each side, left page, right page, and see which one really makes sense. And what you find out is, to judge people, positively or negatively, on the basis of the amount of melanin, a chemical in their skin, is to be unbalanced. (laughs) and <laughs> get mentally unbalanced. You are yeah. believing a lie. It's time to stop believing the lie. That lie wasn't yeah. present until after the Spanish Inquisition when they couldn't tell who, what your religion was by looking at you, so they needed another way to identify the people that they were going to kill and conquer. So they decided on skin color. This isn't mm-hmm. something that has been going on forever. And yet people are quite convinced that it has been. Because you see, we have been we have been misled, myth led, for the last mm-hmm. in this country 400 years, longer than that yeah. actually. This time up to it. I knew when my third graders came into my classroom the next morning, they were going to want, want to know why Martin Luther King Jr. was dead because I had told told them and taught them that he was an extremely hopeful and positive person.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't
2: know that I, I didn't know he'd been killed until I got home that night. Our lesson plan for the next day was to learn the Sioux Indian prayer. It says, oh, great spirit, keep me from ever judging a man until I've walked in a mile in his moccasins.
0: I walked mm-hmm. into my
2: house that night, The telephone was ringing. I answered the telephone, it was my sister. She said, is your television on? I said, no. She said, you better turn it on. I said, why? She said, because they killed him. I said, oh, who did they kill this time? It became rather comical because we killed somebody every week. And she right. said, Martin Luther King Jr. And then all the, all the amusement, all the humor fell of the whole thing. And hope fell out of my world. It was replaced mm-hmm. with anger, disgust, humiliation. Because mm-hmm. it was a white man who shot that black man who believed in hope. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was going to have to talk to, to teach my students about it the next day. I was ironing the teepee on the floor. We had made it the previous year. We were studying the Indian unit. We were going to put it up in the classroom the next day. And I was watching people like Walter Cronkite as they interviewed leaders of the black community. And he said to three leaders of the black community, "When our leader was killed, his widow held us together. Who's going to keep your people in line?" Now, those were his mm. exact words. I wow. was appalled. When our leader was killed, who was he talking about? Right. JFK, right. as if that kills the leader only of white people. When our mm-hmm. leader was killed, his widow held us together. See, one young woman can hold this whole this whole United States of America together. Who's going to keep your people in line? as if your people are not citizens of the United States who needed to be held together as if they weren't the ones who were suffering the most during this event I was absolutely appalled so I changed the channel and there's Dan Rather saying to three leaders of the black community don't you Negroes think that you should feel sympathy for us white people during this event because we can't feel the anger at this killing that you can and I thought (gasps) oh God why is he not angry at this is there something wrong with me or is there something wrong with him he should have been infuriated by that. It right. simply proved again that people in this country, white folks in this country, will do anything to prevent people of other color groups from getting to the top. I was, I was, I was just, and I, okay, that's it. I folded up that TV, I put it in the closet, and I started to plan on what I was going to do the next day. And what I was going to do was arrange for my lovely Christian all-white children in Wrightville, Iowa, to walk in the shoes of a person of color for a day in my classroom. Now, I knew full well that I couldn't give them an entire, a good, an, an entire, a perfect experience, but I was going to allow part of them to find out how it feels to be treated unfairly on the basis of a physical characteristic over which you have no control, and which discrimination is the result not of your skin color, but of the ignorance of people who see it as a negative. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with color, but black people right. will say, Well, she doesn't like me because of the color of my skin. No, by God, don't do that. Say, tell the truth. Say, she doesn't like me because she doesn't understand about skin color. She's an ignorant Mm -hmm. person who needs to be educated. You can't Mm -hmm. change skin color, and you shouldn't have to. You can change the level of ignorance. You do that with education, not with schooling, not with training, not with consultation, but with education. I'm an educator. The word educator comes from the root duck deuce, which means lead, the prefix E, which means out. The suffix A-T-E, which means the act of. And the suffix O-R, which means one who does. An educator is one who is engaged in the act of leading people out of ignorance. Educators are not teaching about Columbus Day. Columbus didn't discover America. You can't discover a place where people are already living. <laughs> Educators true. lead people out of ignorance. They do not perpetuate ignorance. I yeah. decided this morning that I would, I would do what Hitler did. I was born the year Hitler came to power. I decided mm-hmm. I would do what he, had said he did. I would separate my group on the basis of a physical characteristics over which they had no control. I would assign negative traits to them because of that physical characteristic and that physical characteristic alone. I would treat them as though all the negative things I was saying about them were true and as though all the positive things I was saying about the in group were true. I would lower my expectations for one group, raise my expe- expectations for the other group, and then force them to live up to or down to my expectations. Now that in a nutshell is what we do in schools all over the United States of America where we right. are not engaged in education we are engaged in indoctrination. Right. If I had known what was going to happen in my classroom the next day I probably wouldn't have said the prayer that I said at that time. Oh great spirit keep me from ever judging a man involved until I walked him out in his moccasins and then Oh, make me an instrument of thy peace. Oh, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Oh, my God. If I had known what was going to happen to me, to my children, to my parents, because of that exercise, I probably wouldn't have done it.
0: Right. If I had known
2: how much better my students were able to relate to those who were different from themselves as a result of going through that exercise, I would have done it for a week. Because mm. they learned more in those two days than they had learned up to the time they came
0: into
2: my classroom, and during
0: the time
1: they I came into my goosebumps. classroom, yeah, it, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, wow, I just got goosebumps. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, because I've seen the Eye of the Storm, I, it, it, you know, and I've seen you do the exercise with you know older folk, you know, older people, and. Mm-hmm. um I see the look. I mean, there's so much. There's some of those. You know, the the some of the videos I I see. Some you know people are very resistant to the exercise. They just refuse to to want to learn, to want to understand. And then there are those that they get it immediately. It's like they have their aha moment, and it's like, oh my God! So they're changed. So for you, yeah. So for you, all the years that you've been doing this, have you had people? who the the ones who have resisted, have any of them like literally changed their minds and come back to you and say, um, you know, Jane, that was amazing. you know, thank you for teaching us. I never knew, you know. How many of those experiences have you had? I
2: don't I don't keep track, but I've had lots of them. Okay. And the reason I don't keep track is I've never thought that what I was doing was terribly terribly important or life changing mm-hmm. or world changing. Mm-hmm. But now I realize that Every time you change one, that person yeah. changes one, and that person changes one, and you can change mm-hmm. the world one person at a time. That's what Hitler did.
0: Yeah.
2: That's Absolutely. what this person in the White House is doing. Yeah. You can't, well, if you think that one person can't make a difference, then you look at what's happened in this country since last November, and yeah. it's enough to gag a maggot. I have never, ever witnessed such un-American, ignorant, Boy-grown-tall behavior in my life. And I've taught from the third grade to age 85. This is the most ridiculous thing I have ever watched in this country.
0: Yeah. But
2: I have had many students, you know, former students come back and say it changed my life. I'm not like any of my brothers or sisters. I'm not like my cousins. I I see things differently. And the kids Mm -hmm. in that film that you see, The Eye of the Storm, (laughs) <laughs> the principal gave me my class role that year And said, "Miss Elliott These kids aren't going to learn anything They're duds Pass them on and get them out of here They'll never amount to anything And they probably won't graduate They'll all drop out They probably won't graduate from high school And I thought, you're a nitwit You're going to tell me that about these kids So I looked at the cumulative piles in the office And they had high math scores, low reading scores That's a dead giveaway for dyslexia So I decided huh? I would teach them Using what I know about teaching the dyslexic child they came into mm-hmm. my classroom reading at the upper first grade level. They left my classroom nine months later reading from the fourth to the sixth grade level. Sixth grade level in independent reading level. Yeah. Sixth grade level to sixth. Now, those kids were, weren't reading disabled. They had a special reading difference, and they needed teachers who knew how to teach to that difference.
0: Right. The fact
2: that they couldn't read when they came into my classroom meant that uh, teachers who had them in second First, pre-first, and kindergarten should have paid back the money they got paid those years for teaching those kids because they didn't do it. They taught right. those kids that they couldn't learn. Those kids came mm-hmm. into my classroom scared because they knew they were coming to the witch's classroom because that's what i had been called by the other teachers and the and the students. And they don't didn't always use the witch word; they use the B word. But that's okay. To me, mm-hmm. which is an acronym for being in total control, honey. Yes, and every like time, time. <laughs> a man calls me that, I say, you're out of control, aren't you, darling?
0: And then I deal really? with that.
2: People, uh-huh. women are not supposed to be in control. And if we are, we get the B word. There's an answer to that, too. I watch yeah. those kids go from, ty- t- from timid, scared, unable to learn, children, to kids who could read and spell and do math and walk tall. And six, wow. at least six and maybe eight of them. Have, completed, have gone to college. One of them has been a lawyer for years, and the other has, one of them has been a junior and senior high school administrator for years. So hmm. don't tell me that, that, that those kids couldn't learn. They could learn. Tell me that the other teachers couldn't teach them because
0: that's they were right. called
2: the dummy group. Those kids wow. aren't dumb. You can't make four years of growth in a single year. If you, get, if you get nine months of growth out of nine months of work, that's an average child. But you've got four years of growth out of nine months of work. You've got a brilliant child on your hands, and what are you going to do about it? Are you going to call yeah. him a dummy because he doesn't learn your way or because you don't know how to teach him because his brain is wired a bit differently? That was a big mistake that those other teachers made, and they never got over it. And when they saw the test results at the end of the year, they said, well, Elliot cheated on the tests. Then uh-huh. when those same kids went up into third grade and they were doing so well, The fourth grade teacher said, well, there's a lot of growth between second and fourth grade. It was a growth – they were in a growth spurt. Give me a break. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I see. I'm a little bit vicious about these things. What was your question?
1: No, no, no. This is good because this actually leads me to one of the questions. I polled some of my um, listeners, and I had them send some questions in, you know, to ask you. um, And and one of the questions actually talks about education. So one of the listeners wants to know – do you think the education system has become better over the years or worse? It has
2: become, it was getting better for a while, but then we decided <laughs> that George W. Bush would know about education. W. Bush okay. is a nice guy, but he doesn't know about education. And mm-hmm. the present person has put in charge of the Department of Education someone who knows less about education than Sylvia did. And that's yep. quite a trick. Right now, yeah. we are being threatened with uh, charter schools, and what's the other thing they're using? Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter, but they want, they get this to put in charter schools, but they'll put them in some places where people of color can't get their kids there. Mm hmm. Won't cover the mm-hmm. price. But they'll throw them mm-hmm. back into the public school, which they're trying to destroy. So they'll send them back to public It will be very much like it was here in the 30s. We'll have mm-hmm. and we have you need to realize that there are more children attending segregated schools in the United States of America today than there were previous to Brown versus Board of Education. We have resegregated yeah. many of these schools and it isn't because blacks don't want to go school with whites. It's because white parents if we're talking about white flight, I'm gonna get my kids out of here so they don't go to school with those people. The reason we have more segregation today is because of white flight. And now mm-hmm. we're going in in their cities and regentrifying that area, kicking the, the people who are in there, who are in there, many of them are people of other color groups other than the white color group, and regentrifying that and putting up beautiful, expensive places to live and white folks are coming back to the city. And it isn't yeah, just happening here there, all over the country. This is mm-hmm. blatant racism. And if you don't recognize it as racism, you aren't very aware. Now somebody's going to say, She's playing the race card. There she goes again, playing the race card. Let me tell you something. The pack, the card pack in the United States of America is a racist pack. Mm -hmm. You gave me a different pack to work from, and when I pull a card out of it, it won't be a racist card. Right. Every, racism impacts every, every part of our lives in the United States of America. This is racist nation. And anyone who thinks it isn't hasn't been looking. You don't elect a person like the person somebody elected 10 months ago, 11 months ago, without admitting that's blatant racism.
0: Yeah.
2: And he didn't even win the popular vote. He didn't win the popular vote. Yeah. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. He won because... Because of our Electoral College system.
0: Now, the Electoral
2: College was put in place by Thomas Jefferson to guarantee that no one who was unfit for the presidency would ever get that job. (laughs) The members of the Electoral College deliberately elected the man that didn't get the popular vote. And I'm angry, and I'm disgusted, but I'm not disillusioned. I had no illusions after I did the exercise. I lost all my illusions where racism is concerned. Right. When somebody says to me, and some white woman, and it's always some white woman who says it, when some white woman says to me, I don't see color, yeah. I say, you know, I knew that before you start. opened your mouth. Because if you mm-hmm. saw color, you wouldn't color your hair that color. Well, And if they say, I look for the person's heart, I just look for the person's heart, which is a way of saying I try to ignore their skin color. And I have right. to say that, that, can you see my, my heart from where you're standing? Because if you can, you should go down to your local hospital and volunteer to be their x-ray machine. You can save them <laughs> a lot of money. I love <laughs> it. Yes. These statements, yes. you appreciate what you enjoy, it, you don't love it. These statements are stolen. <laughs> folks are so determined to prove that they aren't racist that they say something racist. When I see you, I don't see you, black. And I'll never forget Linda Hillary, who was the facilitator who hired me for U.S. West in May 1985, saying to the silly white woman who came up to her, you know, they wear heels they too high. So then they have to take short little steps. And they gave it up to her, and she said, Linda, I know you so long, I don't see you back anymore. And and I backed up because I thought, well, I've got to wear this suit tomorrow. There's going to be bloodshed here. So I backed up to avoid this bloodshed, and Linda said very nicely, I think you have an eye problem. Let's make an appointment with the optometrist so that we can get your eyes fixed. That woman got away from her just as fast as she could because Linda was supposed to say, Linda was supposed to say, I'm so glad you don't see the largest portion of my body. Inch for inch, your skin is the biggest organ on your body. Anybody can say they don't see it. They are saying up front, I like your skin color. But they aren't saying I'm too ignorant to appreciate, to understand your skin color. Or to
0: realize.
2: The first modern human beings that evolved on this earth were black women. And they evolved about 280,000 years ago in sub-Saharan Africa. And those bright, adventurous, courageous black people circumnavigated the globe before we had any technology. They Mm -hmm. went to every portion of the globe. As a result of that, as they moved farther from the equator, their skin got lighter. As they were Mm -hmm. exposed to different... bones became different. Their heads became different. Their hair became different. All these differences are adaptations to the natural environment. They are not God's chosen people. When they got, when the, those Germans with their blue eyes and their brown hair, aren't blue eyed and blonde hair because God said, I'm going to make some people I really like. I'm going to make some blue eyed and blonde hair, but that's not how it happened. Right. When they they their physical beings changed as their location on the earth changed over thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Now somebody's going to say, well, black women, there has been something else. There were. Black women reproduced asexually for many years, and they could do that, and we could do that now if we chose to. You can put two egg cells together and break down the cell wall, and you can come up with another living mammal, female mammal. You don't get males that way. As you get females. The first mm-hmm. male that was born was a, the result of a mutation of the genes. So when you're arguing with a man, women, remember you're talking to a mutant and don't get too upset by it. Now, somebody's going to say she doesn't like men. Oh, gods are so wrong. I don't like men. Uh Anyway, getting right along. You need to realize that we who are of a different color are quite convinced that we are God's chosen people. No, folks. We are simply people whose bodies produce less melanin than those Original modern human beings that evolved in sub-Saharan Africa, and unless unless uh, uh, people who study these things are wrong, that's the truth. Get over it. We're all members of the same race. Now somebody's well, going to say, somebody's mm-hmm. going to say, well, what about the creation story? Let's deal with the creation story, just so that you know, set your minds at ease. In the creation story, it says, unless i wrong, that the first man was made out of bird. Right? Is that the way you understand it? Well, I don't understand
1: it, but that's what people understand. Yes, some people do understand it that way.
2: Go ahead. First man was made out of dirt. Well, dirt Mm -hmm. in the Garden of Eden was made out of rotted vegetation, palm fronds. Mm -hmm. Rotted vegetation, after a period of time, turns either brown dark, dark brown, or black. And if you don't Mm -hmm. believe that, look at oil and coal. As a result of a lot of vegetation being held under pressure for thousands but thousands and millions of years. so the mm-hmm. first man was made out of dirt at the Garden of Eden, so the first man was obviously black. Right, The first woman was made out of Adam's rib, according to the biblical story. Right All bone tissue is white because it's calcium. So the first woman was white, and the first man was black. And mm-hmm. you want guilt? How do you let me know? <laughs> yeah. There are people who are really angry now, and now mm-hmm. somebody's going to think, well, God made man in God's own image. That means God imagined something walking on two legs that was neither furry nor hairy. Mm-hmm. God imagined a tortoise and an aardvark and
0: mm. a cat.
2: Now, do you mm-hmm. think that God looks like a tur- turtle turtle? An bark or a cat. If God may imagined all of those, but you believe the Bible, and I happen to believe that those stories in the Bible are interesting, but you shouldn't take them literally.
1: Literally, because exactly.
2: The strangest things, really strange, but they are great. They are great moral stories, but you're supposed yeah. to learn from them. You're not supposed yeah. to interpret them to make yourself feel better, as we have Absolutely. done with as we have done with the golden rule.
0: Mm-hmm. In
2: Chinese philosophy, the golden rule said, do unto others as others would have you do unto them. Mm-hmm. We white folks changed that so we could be the powerful. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. I don't dare treat people the way I want to be treated. I know that young people don't want to be treated the way I want to be treated. I know mm-hmm. that men don't want to be treated the way I want to be treated. I'm absolutely positive of that. So I have to treat others the way they want to be treated. And in order to do that, I have to ask them how they want to be treated, I have to listen to their answer, and then I have to do what they ask me to as long as it isn't illegal, indecent, immoral, or painful. Hmm. Access to you? Hmm. It makes we sense, I believe we in all the platinum con- rule. I hmm. believe in the platinum rule. I believe you should treat others as they want to be treated, and in order to do that, you have to communicate with them. And communication That's true. Yeah, communication is the answer to all these problems. honest. Communication, not with superiors and inferiors, but with people equally, equally demanding and equally desiring, and equally being having the right to justice.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Miss Jane, you said um, excuse me, cousin Jane, you said (laughs) that (laughs) in the beginning. You talked about the book that you want to write. And about putting uh, on one page some of the hateful things that you know hate mail that you get, and on the other side, you know some of the good stuff that you receive. And and so here's my one of my questions that I have for you because in especially um, the way the world is the, the state of affairs that we have now with number forty five in office. Um, I don't call we him 40 anything 40 like half. that. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. 40 and then
1: but then you have um all the protesting that's going on and then you have the black lives matter and no, and then the with the national anthem thing so and, and no matter how many times it's explained no matter how many times black and white folk come out who do have an understanding that come out and tell you, no, this isn't, this is what this is about. It's about the injustices that are being, so you talk and you talk and you talk until you're blue in the face and you, you present the facts, but they don't, they ignore them. And then you have those that come out and say, well, all lives matter. It's just not about black lives. So let's talk about that. Miss um, cousin Jane, what do you have to say? You know, how, how do you reach these people or can they be reached? Talk about
2: Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter depends on your perception or Mm -hmm. your perspective, how you see it. White folks hear Black Lives Matter, and they hear only Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Black hear Black Lives Matter, and they hear Black Lives Matter, too. Right. Yeah. Now, you need to say that to these folks who say, Black Lives Matter, well, what about Blue Lives? And you say, Blue Lives Matter, too. Black right. Lives Matter, who? Brown right. Lives Matter, who? And then so we're going to talk about Brown Lives Matter. Let's do something with the people on the Native American reservations, shall we? Let's yeah. do something about the people who, who finally got back on their feet after the Second World War, the Yellow Lives Matter, who were in internment camps on the desert during the Second World War because they were Japanese. Let's let's say that Muslim lives matter, too. Right. Talk about that. Our lives matter. Yeah. Only the people who have the power, and in this country it's white, will have the ignorance to perpetuate this nonsense. Mm -hmm. Now, we have managed now (laughs) to create a group like Ben Carson.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. And Clarence Mm -hmm.
0: Thomas. Yeah.
2: who will go along to get along because yeah. they can succeed if they do that.
0: And right. then you'll
2: have the Dick Gregorys, mm-hmm. whom I didn't always agree with, but who had it right. Mm-hmm. And you'll have a man who has written a book that he sent to me, and everybody should read it, and it's called Stop Falling for the Okie Doke. And the mm. man's name is Falling Tillett. Stop Falling for the Okie Doke. It's a perfectly simple, easy to read. Anybody can understand what this man is saying. He's a minister, but he's saying about what is happening in this country and how ignorant it is and how it's time to give it up. hmm And what's his name again? Who wrote that book? Stephen Dillett. T I L L E T T. You've got to read it. It's mm-hmm. just it's, it's 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 just it says it all without there is no there are some things with which I disagree because I think you can be I think you can be a good moral human being without being a Christian. And if mm-hmm. you can't, we're in trouble because we're right. buying ourselves a Christian nation. And right now, we have a person leading this pack who shows no none of the standards that I see that I right. am accustomed to in Christians or people who want right. to be Christian. You know, right. a man who says, I like the Bible. I know the Bible. In 2 Corinthians, it says. When you said 2 do. Corinthians, I fell out laughing. <laughs> I <just> 2 Corinthians <laughs> walked into a bar. You know, <laughs> it's just... It's a of that he says to have me floored. Sometimes I'm rolling on the floor laughing because I'm thinking, and I call him Mr. President. No, I won't. No. I'll call him Mr. 44 and a half because I don't think it's gonna be, he's going to be a 45. But, but read Stephen Killett, Tillett's book, Stop Falling for the okie doke, it's worth mm. your time, and it, everybody should read that. And another book that everybody should read is on tyranny, on mm. tyranny, T Y R A N N Y, and it's written by mm. Timothy Snyder. Twenty lessons from the twentieth century. What are you going to do to put a stop to this nonsense? And there are twenty mm. things in there that you can do to challenge this person's agenda, because mm. this person is he is determined. And Stephen Bannon said it in a, in a televised interview several months ago. We have to deconstruct this government. That's what Bannon, Stephen Bannon, is all about. Mm-hmm. And Trump isn't smart enough to realize that. He but, is but, very susceptible to flattery. And if you, you flatter him enough, he'll doing anything you say and go down any ugly path you describe, as long as he, as long as he, you tell him he can make money at it. Right. Well, why do you think the other? Go ahead. Go on. Why do I think that other? The the other
1: um, people that are in his cabinet are just allowing him to do all of this. Where are they? Why don't they stand up and say something? In your opinion,
2: what's going on with that? Why do you think they're there? He chose them. Mm -hmm. He chose a man for his cabinet about to deal with the environment who doesn't believe in climate change. Well what about
1: the what about the ones that were there before he chose? I'm talking about, you know, um Paul Ryan and, and those that crew right there. Those
2: aren't in his cabinet, those are members of the Congress and the Senate. And they mm-hmm. are that they're going to leave their cushy lose their cushy position in two thousand eighteen if they don't follow the party line. That has nothing mm-hmm. to do with cabinet members. That has to do with Paul Ryan is still trying to tell us what Ian Rand said. And if you haven't read Ian Rand's stuff, Paul Ryan talks like somebody who's still in a fraternity gab session.
0: True, and
2: it's true. Yeah. He hasn't grown up since he got out of the fraternity. Out of college. <laughs> he is still spouting that crap that, that, he, that he internalized in college. It doesn't work. You cannot right. have an insurance poli- uh, uh, policy for for the future, which says poor people are going to lose their insurance, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Not in right. a democracy, nor even That's true. most Republicans won't go along with that unless they want to get elected. Right. And they'll do what they have to do to get elected. We have to put a stop right. to it. I didn't really want to talk about politics, but there's no way you can talk about racism in this country now. That's true. Without talking about politics. That's true, because in this country, racism has now become the biggest political ploy that we have
0: oh racist my gosh. this
2: racist person is appealing to the most vicious racist ideas that I've ever heard in this or heard or seen in this country yeah, and so how did that far.
1: happen? But how did that happen? Well, okay, I know how it happened. I guess it's a rhetorical question, but
0: I and mean here we happened.
2: are in. In 2017. Here's how it happened. We had eight years of a black man in the White House.
0: Yeah. And
2: what's happening now and what happened in that election was a response to eight years of a black man in the White House. Proving that black men were smart, were creative, were were responsible, were moral, were all the things that we have told black males they aren't. Right. And then the woman running against a, a man, and so we are determined that we'll never have be under the thumb of a woman. We've been under right. the thumb of a black man. We're not going to be under the thumb of a woman. You've got a certain class of people in this country, and if you didn't believe it, then you look at what happened in, uh, in Virginia. in uh, When you went in the town, where, all, where Trump said there's some good people in that other group. Yeah. Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then somebody said to me, well, you can't judge all of them by the behaviors of a few. And you have to remember what my father said, which is, a man's judged by the company he keeps and the best of companies, none too good. Mm. And both of the feather flock together. If you aren't like those people, don't be with them.
0: But if you're with
2: them, we might as well assume that you believe in what they're saying and what they're doing. That's right. Now, that's what the cabinet is about. Trump's cabinet is about... Birds of a feather flock together. Wealthy, yeah, white males who are determined to be wealthier, and if they could, they get whiter.
0: <laughs> oh Lord!
1: And and then and then fifty-three percent of white women
2: voted for him as well. What's that about? I don't okay, believe that's, that's, that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that statistic. Benjamin just okay. said there are three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. And you can okay. make statistics whatever you want them to. I don't believe mm-hmm. that 53% of the women in, who voted in the United States of America voted for that boy grown tall. I don't believe that. I believe okay. that 50% of the women in some states might have, but not okay. nationwide. We aren't that okay. dumb. We really, really aren't that dumb. Right. <laughs> well, thank goodness it's for it's that. did that who really are that dumb because he's going to tell white women make no mistake that this is coming That they're going to have to have that they should have more than two babies so that we can increase the white birth rate in this country Mm. that's going to Mm. happen if he gets if he gets a second term or if he even even gets a first full term or if Pence gets the presidency when this person gets impeached or kicked out or whatever he resigns if Pence Mm -hmm. gets in that message and if you don't know why, you need to read the book The Birth Birth B I R T H D E A R T H written by a brilliant Jewish man, Ben Wattenberger. Wattenberg. Mm-hmm. Wattenberg. Ben Wattenberg who was a member of the American Enterprise Institute, an ultra right wing think tank,
0: mm-hmm.
2: with advice to presidents of the United States. You need mm-hmm. to read that book if you can get your hands on it.
0: Yes because ma'am. it will
2: tell you exactly what's in the future of this country if we don't change our behaviors.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Do you see that happening? Do you see us changing our behaviors? Or?
2: I see us and changing our behaviors in a negative way. He says in part of the book, one, there are three things we can do to solve this problem of too few white babies being born in this country. The third thing he says we can do is remember that 60% of the fetuses that are aborted every year are white. If we could keep that 60% alive, that would solve our birth dearth. birth. Now, I, mm-hmm. I told those statistics at a, meaning at a uh, presentation I was doing at a college several months ago. And there were two young men sitting, in, oh, well, you know, about a third of the way back, and they were talking about what I was talking about, and they were both wearing those red caps that say, Make America Great Again. Well, those caps really mean, Make America Hate Again. Make no mistake mm-hmm. about that. And mm-hmm. at the age, one of them raised their hand and said, You've got your statistics wrong. I said, We'll go downstairs and talk about this when I'm finished. So after I finished we went downstairs, and this kid said, you've got your statistics wrong. And I said, well, the statistics that I have are from a book written in 1987. And it said that 60% of the fetuses that are aborted every year are white. He said, those statistics aren't right. I said, what are the statistics as far as you know? He said, the latest statistics are 39% of the fetuses that are aborted every year are white. 61% are other than white. I said, Mm. you just made my point. I told Mm. you that what we're trying to do is decrease the number of white abortions and increase or leave alone the number of abortions of other colors. And he Mm. just looked sick and he said, I thought of it that way. I said, of course you didn't think of it that way. You never had to think of it that way. I said, what that proves is we're making progress in making America whiter.
0: This is all the
2: war, the wall on the southern border of the United States to keep those brown-skinned people out, to keep them, make mm-hmm. America great again. What this fool mm-hmm. forgets, if you ever knew it, is that everything from the northernmost tip of Canada to the southernmost tip of South America is part of the Americas. Right. North America, Central America, South America. Everyone in all those countries Is an American Mm -hmm. When you put up a wall At the southern border of the United States You're keeping Americans out Now either change your book And call us United States citizens Which is what I do now Because I know I'm only one of all those Americans In all those different colors And all those different colors Who were here before white folks got here
0: Right Right yeah, and you
2: know... You no, I'm not, sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say... See, see, I heard all this. Well, somebody's going to say, she is a race traitor. She's a traitor to a race. I'm not uh, a traitor to the human race. And as far no. as I'm concerned, that's the only race there is.
1: Thank you. Who Thank you. Say said. that again, Miss... Say
2: that again, Cousin and, Jane. Yeah. There's, there's only one race. It's the human race. Yes. God yeah. created... Wait, God created the human race. Now you may want to call him Yahweh or Allah or the Great Spirit (laughs) or whatever other name you want for that that special being, for that sort of energy. That that being created the human race.
0: Human beings
2: created racism.
0: Yeah. God created one
2: race. Yeah. I'm gonna give you some applause on
0: that
1: one.
2: We're gonna give you some applause on that one. Anything you create you can destroy. Make no mistake about we could destroy racism in three generations if we decided to. Yep. Because yeah. it is not real. It's a lie. It's, yeah. The myth, white supremacy, is as big a myth as the Greek myth that said, God is a golden chariot that goes across, is a, is a golden chariot, in, God rides across the world in a golden chariot every morning, and that's what the sun is. It's a God mm-hmm. in a golden chariot the Sun mm-hmm. to believe in the myth of four or five different races is just that ignorant
0: you' want yeah.
2: to see people people will say if I could change my skin color and I've seen little kids of mothers say my child is trying to bleach his skin you should oh, have to gosh. change your when you can't change your skin color the problem is ignorance mm. about skin color you can change mm. your ignorance that's called mm. education and if right. you really want to get it in a hurry get the book the myths Of Race by Robert Mm -hmm. Wall Tussman. And you would never allow somebody to say to you, Well, I'm a member of a biracial family. When somebody says that to me, I say, Which of your parents came from outer space? (gasps) Neither one of them. When you are a member of a biracial family, if both your parents came from the planet Earth, you're not a member of a biracial family because there's only one race on the face of the Earth.
0: Thank you. And I'm
2: trying to get tip and tell Mike to write some really good rap songs about the fact that there's only one race on the face of the earth. And I think one of them, or both of them, all of them, could come up with some really good lyrics and some really yes. good lyrics. Could be walking into the classroom saying, there's only one race in this old place. Get out of my face. There's only one race. <laughs> they could come up with yes. a fantastic cigarette and songs because it was uh-huh. catchy little bitties on commercials. We can have yeah. kids all over the world singing that song. Yeah, And that's what I want those guys to do. And I keep pushing them until one of them says, all right, I'll it. shut up, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm quite sure. Because um, I think you were in one of his songs, or he used your clips in one of his songs, I believe?
2: Yes, he did, and now another one's using the one about there's only one race. Yeah, he used the one where I – at a college in Southern California, I stood up and before it said to the audience, Well every white person in this room who'd like to spend the rest of his or her life being treated the way we treat people of color, particularly blacks in this society, please stand. And nobody stands. Right. Nobody. So I said, well, you didn't hear the direction, so I repeated again. (laughs) Nobody stood. They just looked sideways at each other like, oh, shit. I said, now you've just proven that you know what's happening. You know, you're doing it. You know you're responsible, and you don't want to do anything to stop it. accusing right. people of playing those card. Right, right, yeah. The last sentence on his, somebody called me and said, can we use that? And I said, quite frankly, I don't know who you are or who T.I. is, but how do we get the message across without being obscene? Go for it. And they did. It's on one of his albums, not a recent album.
1: Yeah, I know. That's amazing. That is so amazing. So getting back to what you said about this melanin thing, help me to understand something. Um, so they, they don't want to associate, you know, the racist, of course. You know, they they have a problem with the skin color. But then why are they sitting out in the sun where they go to the tanning salons trying to get their skin to be darker?
2: Because nobody wants to look as pale and as much like cheese as many white people do after a long winter. We should look at his shoes walking around. It's not pretty, but I want to tell you something that happened last two weeks ago. I gave a speech to a group of educational administrators, education administrators, and I was going to do the differences thing. And I had a tall white male stand beside me on my left, and a tall black person stand beside woman stand beside me on my right. Did I tell you this? No, ma'am. Okay. And we did the differences thing because people are always saying we should ignore differences and talk about how we're all like, similarities, and what are they only like. So I said I had to talk. I took tall people deliberately because I'm so short. And I said to the man, uh, is your height important to you? He said, no. I said, would you rather be your height or mine? He said, well, mine. I said, now, I'll ask this question again, and you're going to be honest this time. Is your height important to you? Well, yes. I said, did you earn it? No. "Um, Is it an award? No. Is it a physical characteristic over which you have no control? Yes. Does your height give you power? He said, yes, it does. Asked the black woman the same thing, and she said, no. She said, there are some other factors that keep me from having power. So then I asked the audience if they saw another difference. Well, they saw gender, same thing. They saw age, same thing. They saw, And then somebody said color. I said, are you talking about eye color, hair color, skin color? They said, skin color. I said to the white man, is your skin color important to you? Well, yeah, I guess it is. I said, did you earn it? No. Does it give you power? Yes, is it a physical characteristic of which you have no control? Yeah, and it gives you power. That does. So I said to the black woman, does your skin color give you power? She said, you know it doesn't. And then after we'd gone through that, I said, now, so back to the white man, are you free to go and be and do and say whatever you want to as long as you stay within the confines of the law? He said, yes. I said, you're a free man, aren't you? He said, yes, I am. I turned to the black woman and I said, Sometimes it takes take courage for you to go out of bed in the morning. And she paused Mm -hmm. for just a minute. I'm going to say something I've never said out loud before because I'm ashamed of it. I have two daughters. When I was pregnant, I prayed that my child would not be a son. And I said, and that's because because I knew what he would have to go through, Mm
0: -hmm. and I knew
2: what I would have to go through when I lost him. Yeah. And by then there was a tear running down the left side of her cheek.
0: Mm, mm,
2: mm And beside me was sniffling, and every black woman in the audience was crying. Yeah. I said, I want you people to listen to what she just said. She just taught you more in two minutes than I could teach mm. you in a lifetime. Yeah. We are, and then I said, we are living with a national anthem, which ends up with. Oh, say the star-spangled banner yet wave for the land of the free? And I pointed at mm-hmm. the white male and the home of the brave.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
2: pointed at the black female. Now, I'm fully aware that white men have to be brave. They can choose to be brave. Black brave. women have no choice. They have to yep. be brave. White men yeah. can choose to be or not to be brave. And if you don't believe me, then you need to look at our president who got deferment after deferment after deferment so they wouldn't have to go to the Vietnam War. Yep. Black women have no choice but to be brave. We're living in a land of the free and the home of the brave. And until everyone is equally free, don't you tell me about freedom. And don't you mm. tell me about love. And don't you tell me about justice until you offer it to everyone.
0: Mm, Mm-mm. mm,
1: mm, mm. Wow. So I
2: believe you're brave.
1: I believe you are.
2: No, no, no. Let's get that that straightened right now. I am not brave. I know that no fool, (laughs) this is really funny. Every time I go onto a college campus, there are three fraternity brothers down there about the third row back, and they're talking while I am. And I stop my remarks and I say, okay, fellas, look, I know what you're saying. You're talking about how you'd like to see me dead because of what I do in my attempt to decrease the level of racism in this country. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. If you shoot me, you might create, make a martyr out of me, and then you might have to spend the rest of your lives celebrating Jane Elliott Day once a year. Now, do you want that to happen? And then they both, you know, they put both hands up with their fingers crossed. No, 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 I say that. Good. That's good. Now, you keep me alive on your campus. Wow. Now, we you should have found out that if you kill somebody because they're trying to do the right thing, you're stuck with them forever. Martin Luther King right. Jr.'s birthday. We'll have to observe that forever We're not going to have to observe right. birthday forever And we're sure no. that we're not going to have to observe Dinosaur T. Rump's birthday forever Right That's not going to be on our calendar
1: Right But all of the death threats that you've received Throughout your whole life I mean, and you still go out and Nobody's I mean, regardless. good on
2: it Nobody's been good on it, what do I care? My husband died four years ago Mm-hmm. I don't care whether I live or die make no mistake mm-hmm. about this I do not fear death mm-hmm. I fear all these mornings that I have to give up the get up and turn over and look at an empty pillow oh. death is not yeah. something I
0: yeah. nobody
2: would be dumb enough to kill me now that a whole lot of people know who I am nobody is that stupid Mm-hmm. You can you can kill white males and get away with it because we do that fairly often. You can kill black males and get away for it. Right. You can kill people of other colors in other countries and get the purple heart.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 I know. I, yeah. I don't.
2: I don't. Uh, fear is. I came um, in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. No, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. During mm-hmm. the teachers had threatened to kill me if they didn't get in, if the superintendent get me didn't get me out of town. And I woke, woke up alone in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, in a motel, and looked out and saw all these, <laughs> these sliding glass doors and all these windows and thought behind one of them could be the person who was sent here to shoot me. I backed what? up, I shut the door, I said to myself, now you've got, a, you've got a choice to make here. You can either walk out there and take your chances and check out, or you can stand in here, be scared to death, and never do this work again. And I had four kids at home, and they were going to need me. And I took my luggage, cart handle in my hand, and I stiffened my shoulders. I guess I, I guess I thought if my muscles were tight enough, the bullets would bounce off. And yeah. I walked quickly to the checkout desk and signed out, checked out. And when I got there, I thought, you damn fool, look what you did. You allowed them to scare you. I will never mm. be scared again. You can kill wow. me, but you're not go- scare me to death. That's not gonna happen.
0: Right. Wow. Yeah. You want
2: me to live a long time, just shoot me because of what I do. And then I'm right. guaranteed <laughs> <laughs> So you see I've gone between a rock and a hard place. They don't <laughs> but they don't want to let me live.
1: Right. Wow. Yeah. How did your children how did this affect your children and your family?
2: It's real bad because I'm quite- for my kids. They got beaten, mm-hmm. they got um, mm-hmm. their belongings were destroyed. They were abused by their teachers, their peers, and the parents of their peers.
0: Mm.
2: And that hurt us all a lot. And my mm-hmm. husband was told that he obviously couldn't handle his own wife. He had a problem with his physical characteristic over which he had no control, which was his wife. And he agreed that he couldn't control me. He could handle me. And that's the reason I like men. But he couldn't control me <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: because he knew what I was doing. Eventually, he realized that what I was doing was right. And my dad said, are you sure you're right? And I said, yes. He said, then go ahead, God. Damn. And I watched him watch the first film that was made in my classroom. The CBC sent a film crew down to my classroom the second year I did the exercise. And they filmed my third mm-hmm. graders going through that, plant, through that exercise. I showed it to my dad. And when it was over, he stood up in his bib overalls, reached in the back pocket of those bib overalls, took out a red handkerchief, blew his nose, and with tears in his eyes said, I wish somebody had taught me that when I was nine years old. Oh,
0: my gosh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now that wow.
0: I wish yeah. somebody
2: had taught when I was nine years old. And I yeah. wish somebody had taught him that when he was nine years old. He yeah. was about 55 at the time. All those years, he wouldn't have had to make those racist remarks or those racist assumptions. Right. If he had been taught that when he was nine years old, his life would have been totally different. Right. And so would mine. And so did all my brothers yeah. and sisters, and so would my mother.
0: Right,
2: but because that had to
1: empower you. Wasn't that an empowerment, uh, an empowering moment for you, though? Absolutely. To see your
2: dad—that's mm-hmm. yeah. a bad thing to do. I say, wait a minute. Let me tell you what my father said. And my father was the most moral person I had ever known.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He said, "A man's word is his bond. You give your word by God, you keep it." And he—he he never lied to me. And he never said he'd do something and then not do it, or he never said maybe he's no. He said we'll see. He avoided all decisions. we were concerned. We'd think, and we didn't say we'll see. And we say, he said we. I didn't say I would. I said we'll see. He was just. He was. He was a. He wasn't a perfect man. He was just a lovely, moral human being. And I'm lucky right. to have been raised by him.
1: Wow. Oh, wow. That that's a beautiful story. You know. I could talk to you all day for the rest of my life, actually, <laughs> because you are the so full of...
2: Say that I'm again? Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no, this is amazing. I mean, I have so much more that I would like to talk about, but we're coming towards the, you know, the time is, is running has run out, actually. And I would love to have you come back on and share, because I don't even think... I mean, I've, I've prepared all of this stuff, and you know, I, I go by the stuff, but then I just let the conversation flow, in, in which it did. Um, you're just amazing.
2: You are amazing. Well, and, you well, know, let me tell you something mm-hmm. I'm not amazing. My heroes are black women, because black women continue to keep on keeping on in spite of all the ugly revisits upon them. Black women have coping skills that I have only developed in a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny amount. Black women are Mm. the people that I see being able to save this situation. Right. Black women started this whole thing, and because of the increased hole in the ozone layer, because of industry and laziness and the coal, now we're renewing coal, that kind of thing, bad decisions made by black men, black women will be here last. Because right. most of us white are going to suffer from melanoma and other forms of cancer because of our mistreatment of the environment in our attempt to to handle people's greed. And it's all about greed, and so is racism.
0: Yes. Well, Absolutely. My heroes are black
2: women. I have great admiration well, for black women. I don't know how you do well, it. I couldn't do it uh-huh. if I could. And maybe due to well, the fact that the demographics of this country say that within 30 years, white people will mm-hmm. be in a minority, a numerical minority mm-hmm. in this country. White people mm-hmm. are going to have to develop some coping skills, and they better do it now.
1: Yep, well, I agree with you there. And, and whether you. you agree with me or not, Miss um, Cousin Jane, I still look at you as one of my sheroes, and I believe that you are a black woman in another lifetime. How about that?
2: Well, I was a black woman at the beginning, and so was everybody else. We are all black in our DNA. Yes. Yes. We're all descendants of the black women. So, yeah, if I think yeah. I'm a black person, because back then in my DNA, I was black, too.
1: There you go. See, let me, you, you deserve yep. some more applause for that. Yes. You, and, and okay, again, yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh. What, okay, so to, to please come back um, with us and um, share with us again, um. Cousin Jane, I love calling you Cousin Jane, because I just, ah, you are one of my sheroes, and there's nothing, and you know what, and I'm going to say this, and and, and I love you, and there's nothing you can do about that, so now, how about that?
0: I'll find another (laughs) word. But I do, huh? (laughs) Find another word. uh, Well, (laughs) I hope that you come...
1: See. Well, we're gonna to have to have that conversation offline one day. But I do hope that you come back and share with us and and I know that you are gonna continue in your journey on what you've been doing um in, in on behalf and we didn't even get to talk about the L B G T um community and just all of the wonderful things that you do. Um just thank you. I wanna personally thank you. Just thank you. Well, I mean, wow.
2: It's not I'm not doing it for black people. I'm doing it for the human race.
1: Yes, ma'am.
2: I'm doing it for Absolutely. my relatives. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing that makes me more angry than to have one of my relatives mistreat another one of my relatives because of that first relative's ignorance about skin color. If you're to you go. mistreat mistreat them on the basis of something they've done, not on the basis of something that they can't change, shouldn't have to change, and are not going to change. We can change yeah. behaviors. We can't change our skin color and shouldn't have to. It's all right to be what we are. Anyway, you're going to say goodbye now, and I thank you very much for inviting me. And I'll, I'll be most interested in hearing the responses you get. <laughs> well, I'll make sure I share those with you. So,
1: thank you again, Miss Jane Elliott, cousin Jane Elliott. And um, yeah, we'll we'll talk soon. Thank you again,
2: and Lisa. Thank you for calling me.
1: All right, sweetie, you take care. <laughs> See you uh huh. That concludes our show. Wow. I, I'm just, I'm blown away. Um, just by having, to me, she doesn't like, it seems like she doesn't like the praise. She doesn't want to be called a hero. She doesn't want to be called amazing, but I can't help it because that's how I feel about this woman who is, as she, like she said, um, she's not, she doesn't do this just for black people. We just happen to be the ones, uh, and not just black people, but people of color. We just happen to be the ones that are being discriminated against. And for her, it's all about humanity. It's about be- humans human being that we can't help but to be anything else but that. So, for that alone, I really appreciate um, Cousin Jane and um, for all of her work. And she will be back because we're going to have her back on the show. Um, and I can't wait uh, for that to happen. As a matter of fact, um, I believe that she'll be coming this way soon. And when she does, maybe we can do um, a, a viral show um, where we're together and we can you know um, just just continue to educate just educate um, it's all about education so okay well once again that concludes our show for this evening I'm just blown away um, I'm I usually don't go back and listen to um, my shows but this particular one I will I'm just so grateful I want to thank everyone for tuning in with us a shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me and also to my friends and colleagues and all of my social networking sites. Once again, a big thank you to Jane for taking the time to share a big part of your journey and your wisdom with us. We are eternally grateful for you. And also... Don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration and leave a message to let us know you stopped by and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. Follow us on Twitter at LYSC 101. And before I finish and conclude, I want to go back and just say, um, Uh, Go and visit her website because she has, um, it's janeelliott.com to buy uh, the DVDs that she has. They contain carefully selected and thought-provoking clips from the Blue-Eyed, Brown-Eyed documentaries. Um, and they're loaded with compelling moments to be used to help diversity educators to respond to statements most frequently expressed by participants during uh, during diversity workshops. So stop by janeelliot.com and um, check out what she has available um, on there. So, Make sure you come back and tune in on Monday, October the 23rd at 530 Eastern Standard Time. And always remember, folks, that real power, real power comes from knowledge because knowledge is power. And when we know better, we do better. So your mission, ladies and gentlemen, if you choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation Seek God and learn how to love yourself first, because after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. And once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. Peace and abundant blessings,
0: everyone.